a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Eye on the Hill 2023. Special coverage on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. You're here with me, Leah Murray, substituting in for Boyd Matheson. I'm here with my good friend Taylor Morgan. We are good friends. It's the last segment of the show. (laughs) Now we're friends. We We have a great time. Leah, we don't always see eye to eye. You're probably one of my top three Utah Democrats to argue with. Top three? And that includes that includes my wonderful mother. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad list. I'm on that short list. Yes. yes. <laughs> so it is the legislative session. So Taylor, tell me, because you're over there. That's why you're looking so pretty with the outfit you have on today. That's why nice I'm so suit. uncomfortable in my suit and tie. That's yep. right. Can you tell us what's the coolest thing that you've seen in these first couple of days right out of the gate? Well, cool is... Uh, Maybe a high bar there, Leah. But it, for someone like me who is uh, – I do this professionally. I lobby. I do yeah. political consulting. I represent not just big, bad corporations on the Hill, but I also work for a number of nonprofits here in Utah and other interests. And um, I will say it is just a very exciting time uh, in part because we are seeing right now – it is day three of the session. And we are dealing with huge – issues with controversial issues and huge budget appropriation items and decisions are being made very quickly and uh, we're handling huge things up front and that is because there has been particularly this year it, it seems that there has been so much work behind the scenes and over the course of the interim uh when the legislature isn't in session for the 45 days from January through uh, through March, they have interim committee meetings uh, th- throughout the year to work on issues. The interim committees uh, study potential items for bills. They vote to recommend them or not recommend them. There's a lot of legwork done that, that most people don't see that happens before the session started yeah, last Tuesday. Yeah, so pause Tuesday. right there because off the air you were telling me what's the big difference that happened this year with those interim sessions? Well, so a few things happened. Uh, following covid uh, just out of necessity, of course, the legislature opened uh, standing that standing is during the session, the 45 days and interim committees. All of these were open to virtual participation. And in fact, I still have a gripe because they got rid of the cafeteria up there in the Senate building. The food was never. No, 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 no. I'm hungry, Leah. I haven't had lunch yet. Okay. And I'm bringing this up because the cafeteria is gone, but we do have food trucks coming every day. And the one today is one of my favorites. So we got to wrap this up so I can go get something to eat. But, but But a lot is happening. These Interim committee meetings were made virtual, yeah. and they were extended and expanded over the course of multiple days and weeks, uh, so that legislators, as opposed to in the past, Taylor, what would they have looked like? They would legislators would have had to come up on one or two days uh, in the middle of the month in person to the Capitol for meetings. Not a whole lot got done gotcha. all the time, but by spreading these meetings out and basing their scheduling on availability of committee members. A lot of key issues were debated and discussed and decided on during the interim. So now here we are, and big bills are passing very quickly. Sometimes from the outside, the public and folks that don't track this process, 
see that as maybe being nefarious, that oh, the legislature is doing this. It's mm-hmm. happening already. I have no voice or input. The truth is that, look, they have 45 days and they're done. They go back to their day jobs. They don't do this full time. They have to get it done by law, by the Constitution. You can still have a voice. You can learn. You can track everything. You can join. You can speak in committee meetings. You can watch committee meetings at le.utah.gov. So I guess that is a very long-witted answer, Leah. I I talk a lot. I'm sorry, but— No, that's okay. But I like how— what I hear you saying, so as an educator, I'll just use this. It's like they flipped the classroom or they flipped the session, right? So they did a lot of work ahead of time. So when they entered the Capitol two days ago, they yeah. were ready to hit the ground running. Right? And they, were and ready they to go. had to because they knew months and months ago that this session, the state would likely have a large budget surplus. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah. So that means we've brought in more money than we will be spending. And so now Well, I wouldn't say that. Okay. We just we constitutionally we can't spend more than we bring in, but we, we usually find ways to spend more. But what a surplus we bring means more money. Oh, you're than, talking general surplus. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what we have is all the money. <laughs> right? Oh, we There's do. a lot of money. Yeah, we have a lot of money. And you're saying that actually so it's like I would say the total opposite of what's happening in Congress where we have a thirty one trillion dollar debt right. and we just keep adding to it with deficit spending. When you have surplus, that presents its own set of problems, right, Taylor? So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm going to avoid the 90s East Coast hip-hop reference here about uh, the more money you have, the more problems you have, okay, just for the listeners. And that was not avoiding it. You just used it. Well, I wanted <laughs> to be, ahead. I wanted to keep it professional here at KSL. Yeah. But yeah, the truth is, is that when we have a, a huge budget surplus like this, the fact is, is that uh, the appropriations process and the legislative process can become far more difficult because we have more decisions to make. We have more money to spend. We have more groups and and parties that need those resources engaging in the process. Because it's possible they could get them. Absolutely right. So when the resources are more scarce, maybe you kind of, right, low-hanging fruit goes away, right, because we can't even pay for it. But if it's possible we can pay for it all, the conversations get trickier. Yeah, they do. And, And what also we as a state are looking to make big generational type investments in our state whether it's in infrastructure, transportation, education. When we have this kind of money, we have really tough decisions to make that will affect generations of Utahns to come. Got it. Okay, now tonight, Taylor, everyone should be paying attention because I think Governor Cox is going to be in the Capitol. Yes, And what's he going to be doing? Well, Governor Cox tonight is giving the State of the State Address. He will be addressing all legislators and Utahns. It's at 6.30 p.m. tonight. 
uh, you can tune in here on on KSL. This is the only place you should tune in. It, it, yes, listen absolutely. to it on KSL. But this is very cool. The governor was just in a uh, studio here right before we started our show, yeah. and we were chatting with uh, the governor and his staff. And he, for the first time ever, I think this is so cool. The governor has invited the children of all legislators to to come to state to state, but sit with. Their parents on the floor or in the gallery. And I'm smiling because all the moms in that conversation went, oh, good luck. Uh, (laughs) It's going to sound like a sacrament meeting in the uh, Draper 8th Ward, okay? (laughs) I think it's going to be wonderful, though. I'm so excited. The the governor, I I think the idea there, as I understand it, is the governor is not just addressing legislators and, uh, you know, older Utahns. The governor want specifically to address the the younger generation. Right. And what did we, so you were chatting with the staff a little more closely than I was. What did they say they expect the governor to be highlighting tonight? Well, the governor has a lot of priorities. The governor is uh, very concerned about affordable housing. The governor is clearly concerned about uh, big tech and social media's influence on our kids' mental health. That's a priority. The governor is also uh, prioritizing uh, increasing the pay for our educators and making investments in education. So those are some of the things I would expect to see tonight in the governor's uh, state of the state address. Again, listeners, be sure to tune in. Uh, if anyone knows how to give a speech and make it entertaining, it's uh, Governor Cox. Right. He's very good at yes. that, I think. All right. So, Taylor, we only have like a minute left. Tell me something brilliant. What should we be watching for over the next few days in this legislature? Um, And what might surprise you? Well, I think, again, listeners are going to see the session continue to go at a frenetic, uh, high-speed pace. There will be a ton of bills. There will be a lot of money being spent. And, uh, look, rather than keen on any one single piece of legislation, as excited as I am about the Brian Shrimp finally becoming the official state crustacean. That, that's an important <laughs> Wait a one. Okay? Yeah, we'll shrimp? talk about that later. Okay. But the thing that I really want to stress that is how accessible this process is to everyone. The same tools that I rely upon as a professional lobbyist and consultant are all available to the public at le.utah.gov. There is a wealth of uh, information and resources there, and I would encourage our listeners to check it out. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Sources. Be sure to stay with us. Jeff Kaplan is next. Salt Lake City. Live team coverage. Eye on the Hill 2023 on KSL News Radio, your all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, We'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.